Hello and welcome to the Here We Grow Show, a show specifically designed to bring together community leaders making a difference and share financial strategies so you can plan for and live the retirement lifestyle you've always dreamed. Your host is Amazon best-selling author, president, and founder of Fogith Financial Group, Michael Fogith. Hi, I'm Michael Fogith. I believe in educating you about information that matters to you and your retirement. Join me this week and every week as we welcome today's leaders in our community, as well as experts in the field of finance and retirement to discuss topics that matter to you today. These discussions can help you make better financial decisions so you can plan for and live the retirement of your dreams. tuning in for another great episode of the Here We Grow show. My guest today is Mark Yule, the Executive Director of Michigan High School Athletic Association, also known the way that I know it as MHSAAA. So thanks so much, Mark, for being here. I appreciate it. I know we've been trying to get you on for a while, so it's like perfect timing because probably as soon as you start figuring it out and all the student athletes and the coaches start to figure out, everything changes. So with that being said, let's start off with, if you can just kind of give me a state of the of, of the union of where things are at with uh, with high school athletics right now in the state of Michigan. So uh, first of all, good to be with you. We're right now just continuing to take things on a week-by-week basis as we did starting back in March. The one thing that we really learned pretty quickly was that the nature of the pandemic was just not going to allow any of us, and it doesn't matter what walk of life that we work in, even with our families, um, to make any kind of long-range decisions. You know, it was interesting back in March, you know, many organizations, you know, were canceling uh, games and events that were, you know, months in advance, and we've just taken a different approach. Uh, really tried to take it on a week-by-week basis. In doing so, we've been able to get back to some summer activity at our school. So there has been conditioning, some of those kind of preliminary activities. And Michael, to be completely honest, the best part of that is that our kids and coaches got to get together again. That, uh, you know, during the, the quarantine, you know, just that basic human interaction with kids and their teachers and their coaches and, and probably most importantly, each other. So that's, that's been a positive step. Where we're at right now is uh, it's really getting down to crunch time because all of us are looking forward to August and wondering, okay, what is school really going to look like? Yes. And because we are school sports, if there's no in-person school, there's going to be no school sports. <laughs> the, the really tough needle that we have to thread is waiting long enough into July so that we can get the most accurate, up-to-date picture of what August 10th, which is the first day of fall practice, what that might look like. But yet you've also got to make some plans and announcements to give folks some lead time, especially if you've got to adjust and do some things differently. So um, I know that folks can feel really frustrated right now that, you know, well, well, you need to tell us exactly what August is going to look like. And unfortunately, we can't, but right. you know, decision day is going to be here in the next two, three weeks. You know, and that's the thing. It's it's like, I, I keep telling and talking to everybody I'm talking to, it's, it's, it's uncertainty in everything we're doing, right? I mean, so in the town where I where I live and in, 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 in have the office in Brighton, we were projected to have a 4th of July parade, and they just removed that. So it was like, okay, we have this plan, and we're going to take all these precautions and do all these things to follow the guidelines. And again, there's a plan for it, then all of a sudden that plan has to change. So I think what you guys are doing is it's the only way you can do it, right? I mean, you could have a, the world's greatest plan for August the 10th, but, you know, unfortunately, that, that seems like it's so far away that so much will change with what's going on. So absolutely. And, you know, and, and, and let's kind of, you know, talking about what the governor has going on, because, you know, a big thing that like to me, I was I was a high, high school um, athlete. And, you know, it's just 
the fall comes around and, you know, we have the two days in football. And as much as, you know, I, I hated it, I loved it, right? And, and she, from what I've heard, is possibly talking about, hey, should we move that to the spring, right? Or some of those more contact, if you will, or personable sports. What's the thought from your standpoint of, of restructuring the entire schedule, if you will? So right now, uh, we've really got uh, a, a three-step plan in place. The very first and foremost is our plan as of what's today, July the 2nd, <laughs> is to have fall sports in the fall. That is our plan. That is what is driving most of our planning right now. And that is on July 2, fall sports in the fall. The second part of our you know, foundation right now is that we will do whatever we have to do to provide three seasons of sports this year to our kids in Michigan. And that might even mean, Michael, that we would have to be creative at some point if we have another uptick, another surge, whatever the right word that somebody wants to use, we've got to be ready. And I can tell you that we'll be a lot more prepared than what we were back in March. That might mean that if we get the fall season started, and we have a month into the season, another uptick to where schools, let's say, would have to close for a period of time. I think we have to have a game plan for later on in the year, how we could go back and finish those fall sports. And, and really the third point, kind of similar to that, is our plan is fall sports in the fall. It is to have three seasons, even if we'll have to get creative at some point. But in, And with that is we've got to have contingencies ready. Let's say that we go another two weeks and we see that all of the colleges announce that they're not gonna be playing football this fall. What's equally concerning to me, to be honest with you, is volleyball. That's our one and only indoor, that along with girls swim, those are our only indoor sports this fall. And everything that you read right now is that outdoor events are really fairly low risk, even okay. if it might be in a sport such as soccer and even football, but where you've really got some concerns and what the governor has done, the, the size of indoor gatherings are quite small, which, uh, you know, everybody talks about football first, but, you know, our challenges to, to have uh, volleyball and swim this fall are going to be a challenge as well. So that's why one option has to be, what if we would take our spring sports play those this fall, which are 100% outdoors. There's not a single indoor sport. Without question, they're the smallest groups and crowds of our three seasons. You know, you still would have girls soccer, which is a concern, as well as lacrosse. Those are the kind of close, uh, you know, uh, uh, close contact sports. Yeah. It's something that we've got to at least keep talking about the next two to three weeks to see if uh, that has to be an option. But certainly the priority and where everybody would prefer is fall stays in the fall, but I don't think we'd be doing our job and we wouldn't be fair to kids right now if um, we just said, nope, fall's going to be in the fall. And then if something bad, right. you know, our numbers continue to look bad over the next three weeks, well, then you're stuck with nowhere to go. So that's really where we're at uh, as of today on July 2. All right. Well, well thanks, Mark. I mean, it's great stuff. Um, we do need to take a short break. I know we're going to come back and get a little bit deeper into some other things. Ton of show left. So we're going to dive a little bit deeper into that and, and really see how this virus is going to impact the students, the student athletes, uh, the spectators for their children and their grandchildren. So folks, tune in, we'll be right back. As the economy begins to open up, Bogoth Financial Group is starting to offer our educational seminars in person. Given the health and safety of our clients and all staff is our top priority, Bogoth Financial and our event partners are taking precautions and following all government social distancing guidelines. To see our upcoming in-person seminars, visit bogothevents.com.
let's look at this from a standpoint of virtual learning, right? We can't play virtual sports, but what if there's virtual learning? Are children, or I should say student athletes, able to participate if there's still school per se versus virtual learning? Can we play athletics? So with the, uh, the, the return to school roadmap that Governor Whitmer uh, released this week, it's really spelled out pretty clearly, Michael, that is, if our state or a region in our state are in her phases one, two, and three, there can be no in-person education. So right now, uh, most of our state is in phase four, and then uh, the Upper Peninsula in uh, Northwest Lower Michigan, the Traverse City area, those two regions are already in phase five. So if the school year for everybody started today, yep. in-person education could happen statewide. Now in phase four, there are dozens of requirements for school districts, which you know speak to everything about masks and social distancing and no assemblies and in some of those things, you know, all kinds of protocols for the cafeteria. There is a significant difference between phases four and five. Once a region is in phase five, there are far less restrictions. There are far less things that school districts have to do. And when it comes to sports, it's the same way. When districts and regions are in phase five or, or her phase six, is when uh, the virus is eradicated or we have a vaccine. Really, it's pretty close to uh, kind of the, the old normal, um, except for some limitations of crowds and spectators. Sure. You can do a lot of things in phase five. The challenge is if, you know, so much of our state, if we stay in phase four, while we can have in-person education and we can have athletics, some sports are going to be very hard to pull off. And, and so, again, I would just encourage everybody listening, do our part, pitch in here uh, for all of us, that school and sports are going to be so much better for everybody involved if we can get ourselves to fi uh, phase five or better. Right, I was going to say, get, the, get those, the, the counts down and the phases up, right? Amen. And, you know, and, and so would, would that fall under, you know, let's take a step back and look at spectators for a minute, because, you know, there's at, typically at these events, there's more spectators, right? Mom, dad grandma grandpa brothers sisters aunts uncles friends right uh, student body coming to watch the student athlete would that fall under the the guidelines of the mhsaa to restrict or to limit or to do that or would it fall under each individual school the district the zone how would that work we feel very fortunate we're very humbled that uh, governor whitmer's office has enough faith and confidence in our organization and the mhsa we're, we are a private association so we're not linked with the department of education we receive no taxpayer funds, but we have a great working relationship with state government. And so Governor Whitmer, they gave us uh, the task of, of coming up with the return to play, return to practice protocols. And to be honest, Michael, in planning, the easy part is uh, having a, a way back for the students. You know, everything that you read with the virus, this is the group that is in the lowest risk category, questionably, even with you know, some of the college age kids, those numbers that, you know, our, our kids are the easy part. Now, certainly a few more challenges with some of our coaches, some of our officials, but at least I can tell you at every event come fall, who all the kids are, who all the coaches are, who the officials are. So if there is an outbreak, contract tracing is pretty easy. Yes. The great wild card, of course, is when you now open the gates and you allow in spectators to where now you've got all sorts of age groups. You never know the underlying condition. You know, some of the decisions that we've got to make here in the next few weeks are, do spectators have to sign in? Do you need a name and a contact number? So if you have an outbreak, you can follow up and make those contacts. Now, 
Myers, when you and I walk into Myers or right. our grocery store, we're not required to check no. in. So maybe if we take that, that same approach with social distancing, but certainly we would like those numbers to be as high as possible because uh, if you've got to limit spectators and it's only moms and dads and close family, High school sports are a big part of the fabric of our communities in Michigan. And yes. you just want to, and again, I think sports could be a big part of our comeback. And you want to get to a point to where those that want to be a part of it can be again. Well, I think that you're absolutely right. I mean, when you look at the fabric of getting back to things that are normal for me, right, you know, I'm, I'm a golfer. The first time I could get on the golf course, you know, I, I carried the bag for the first time probably since I was, you know, in high school. But when I was on the course, I felt normal. And I hate to say it, like my mind was, I was doing an activity that I was used to doing before all of this happened. And, and I just had that feel of there wasn't this pandemic, there wasn't this virus that was going on because I was doing something that I was used to doing that, you know, had lost so much of that. So I think you're hitting it right on the head of it. If we can get back and we can watch our brothers, our sisters, our nieces, our nephews, our, our grandson, our granddaughters to do what they love to do, there is that feel of, all right, we're back. We're, we're able to enjoy, to put a smile on mom and dad's face, right? To be able to participate in those activities. I, th I think that's right on the track if we can get there. So strategies as far as what, what MHSA is looking at, is there anything that you see that can, I guess, help the student body or the student athlete get back that they can be doing that even, I, I know the governor's got these things of the social distancing, but is there anything that you see specifically for athletes that they can do to help themselves get back on the field or, or in the arenas quicker? Well, I think it's really just doing, uh, you know, those simple tasks of washing your hands and in all the research that, that you're hearing, at least I am, it, it's wearing a mask that in a lot of the, the new guidance, actually, they put wearing a mask as a higher priority than even social distancing. Even though kids kids feel indestructible, they've got to do their part. We've got to find a way back. And Michael, it isn't just athletics, but you talk about a Friday night football and, you know, the marching band is such a big part of so many of yes. our communities. And everything that gets attached with uh, the Friday night lights, you know, we want to be able to, I think that would be a huge part of normalcy for everybody to get back to. And we just, again, it, it's not rocket science. We just got to keep doing those simple, good hygiene, respect for other people things uh, to keep us all as safe as we can. Absolutely. Well, it's it's the pep assemblies, right? It's it's the the homecoming parades. It's the, you know, the powder puff games. It's it's all the things, right? Of It's like this ripple effect. If you can pick one sport or golf, right? I mean, they're a little bit more spread out. Maybe they're on the course, but then you can do a sport of like, like wrestling. <laughs> There's no way to social distance if you're going to be talking wrestling, right? <laughs> so that is the one sport it is impossible. Now, my wife's a high school basketball coach, and I know that she's accused a few of her teams over the year of playing defense while social distancing. Yeah, it's awfully tough uh, to, to wrestle in the world of social distancing. And thankfully, wrestling is a winter sport. So if nothing else, we, we do have some time here to, to see again where the virus is going to go and to really put in some things and can keep that safe as possible as well. I guess from a worst, worst case scenario, do you see, and again, I, and again, maybe I'm overthinking this here, but you know, the big thing for me was, is when I looked at collegiate sports and all of those student athletes who were seniors that lost that eligibility, do you ever see that high school could, could allow eligibility or somehow play a season outside of a school year if it ever got down to that? So if we would have some sort of a delay or a stoppage, and, and to be honest, Michael, part of our plan to finish last school year's winter and spring is we were fully ready to, to look all the way through the end of July of how we could okay. have gotten in a spring season, how we could have gone back and finished winter. What, what really closed the window of that opportunity 
was when in-person learning um, was ended for the school year. That really kind of became the, really that last domino to fall, but that's something we're gonna look at for next year. If we have to have a pause or a suspension or a break, I think to give folks three seasons, they would be more than willing in, a, in strange and uncertain times that you know what, our athletic calendar may not end until the end of July, everything that we can do to give kids those three seasons. Yeah, absolutely. And it's, there's just so, like you said at the beginning, there's so much uncertainty right now. It's like, where, not even where do we start, but where do we go, right? And so is there a standpoint of when we start to look at, I guess, all athletics and would, would we limit things, do you think? Or would we want to keep every, I mean, is there a way to limit, say, hey, there's too much contact here. We may not be able to do something like this, but we could do that. Do you see that as a possibility? You know, you got to look at each sport on a case-by-case basis. While you may not be able to do anything with the actual playing of the game, you know, so for example, in football, I'm not sure that you can have many rule changes that um, <laughs> you can play the game a little differently Right. Um, but to do it safely. But what we are doing um, for all of our fall sports is we've got some modifications that are kind of around the game. Just something as simple as in football during a timeout, the team would huddle in front of their bench while the trainers would come out and with two or three water, squeeze water oh. bottles, and they would quickly get all the kids a drink. Yeah. Well, now, of course, there can't be any community sharing of, of bottles. So timeouts are going to be linked. It's got to give two or three minutes for kids to come over to find their own water bottle, get their drink, get it back. So just things like that, you know, we're yeah, I never thought of that ripple um, effect. I mean, that, you know, that's... even officiating, you know, are they going to have to wear a mask? If so, it's awfully hard to blow a whistle. Um, <laughs> there are now these push no, buttons. No more fouls, right? No more there penalties. You know, there are, they're selling an electronic whistle, which is a push button. You carry it in your hand. So just a lot of those things you've got to be prepared for, because if the alternatives are you can't play or you can play, but with these half dozen modifications, we'll modify where we have to, because again, so much of this is really centering around mental health. And we've got to get our kids back to activity, yes. not just for their physical well-being, Michael, but right now I think mental health is is probably more important than anything. And just getting them that, uh, that sense of normalcy again through sports would be a part, big part of that. Absolutely. And, you know, and with that, let's take one more quick break before we come back and wrap everything up. So, folks, we'll be right back with you. At Fogut Financial Group, one of our core values is seeking opportunities to learn. We strive to provide you with educational options, and now we're offering you the freedom to learn from the comfort of your own home. We're excited to offer our seminars virtually. You can learn and benefit now from important information in the safety of your own home. To see availability and register for a webinar, visit FogutEvents.com. All right, so... When I look at this stuff, Mark, I want to come to you as as a father right now. I have uh, I have five kids. They're not they're not in high school yet, but at some point they will be. You know, you were just mentioned this before the break of normalcy and getting back. I mean, we were a very active family. Uh, basketball, volleyball, uh, lots of soccer, softball. I uh, got them in golf. So like that's been very hard for us because it's been very great. The silver lining is that I've had more family dinners. Right, because as soon as you know school was over, or dad was home from work. It was this practice, that practice, uh, warm the dinner up, eat in the car, go, go, go. Right, and to me, I love that. Like that's my utopia, being in the car Saturday morning at like 6 a.m. going to a, do a sports field somewhere. That's what I love. But with now where we're at, you mentioned, I mean, the children and in the mental side of it. I've been doing my best to just go out there and hit some balls with the kids in the yard with you know or shoot.
shooting baskets and doing the things. Is there things that you could recommend for fathers, mothers, aunts, uncles, grandmas, grandpas that they can be doing to help that student athlete right now to kind of bring back some of that, that mental strength, if you will, or, or normalcy? I think it, it's what you just mentioned is going on in your house is, is getting your kids out and getting them to do something active. You know, I've got three teenagers that live in my house. You talk about being unlucky. My oldest who swims at Hope College just finished his freshman year. So not only do you have to come home at the end of your freshman year a little bit early, now you get that little taste of freedom and you come back home to a, a three-month quarantine. So that's been interesting. But my two uh, middle school and high school age kids, we've really found that they just feel better when you do go out and go for that run or, or go out and you know play catch or uh, play a game of two-on-two in the driveway. Even though you may not think that's a, a big deal, just for some kind of active fitness it is really key right now because it, it's easy for all of us, adults and kids alike, to get caught in front, get caught on our phone or that iPad to where you get yes. all of that screen time. I and mean, hopefully the pandemic, you know, really, as you said, Michael, made us kind of recenter our, our focus on family and, you know what, put the screen and devices down and let's as a family go out and do something active. And I think it's not only great for um, family dynamic, but I think it's good for uh, everybody just feeling a little bit better in these strange times. Absolutely. Absolutely. And, you know, kind of wrap things up here. Uh, last couple questions. And I'm thinking of this now as, as, as I have friends that are living in northern Michigan. Do you foresee a situation where, let's just say, the UP could have a completion of a season and maybe Lower Peninsula can't? Or, or could that even happen? It could. So um, my wife is from Sault Ste. Marie and a good chunk of her family still lives there. And that's Chippewa County. And since the pandemic broke, Chippewa County has had two, two cases of COVID and they were both out at the Kinross State Prison. So I'll talk to my brother-in-law and, you know, all the things that we're doing here downstate and they look at us like we're crazy. Crazy, um, yeah. That, that they have been virtually untouched by the virus this far. So I could see a scenario to where if there's an outbreak, let's say in the Metro Detroit area, that those schools might might have to stop a season. And then of course, to me, the, the million dollar question, which I haven't figured out yet, is now we get into state tournament time. And now as the tournament progresses, you have a UP school that's coming from a region to where there, there's been very little impact of the virus. Well, now they're going to match up with a school from Oakland County or Wayne County, which has really been the epicenter of our state. And again, those are our questions right now. I don't quite have answers for, but yeah, looking right. at our, our statewide tournament at the end of the year, that's got to be a, a, an issue that, that we're going to work through. So we're hoping to get Schools back, kids back, regular season started. And again, our postseason, depending on how the virus goes, could look different this year. And again, that's yet just another lesson of taking things in a, almost a week-by-week -week basis. You know, it's, it's crazy you say that because, you know, I, we talk about like we're literally living in history right now, right? I mean, there's going to be sports plaques. We're going to go to MHSA.com 10 years from now. I'm like, I wonder why there wasn't, a, why wasn't there a state championship that who won this or who did that? I mean, records, right? I mean, we're talking about, you know, go to Major League Baseball. I mean, with that shortened season, no one can touch any record, right? What happens if somebody has a really good batting season, but they only played a fraction of a quarter? Will that count as a record? What's your take on that? Has, has MHSA addressed any of that? If we have a some sort of a reduced or something, I mean, if somebody goes undefeated, will it be an asterisk of undefeated because they only played four games? Or what, what would that be like if, if something were to change? Sure. Unlike Roger Maris, we're not going to put any asterisks in, in any of our <laughs> records. You know, what's interesting is in 2020, course we had no basketball champions 
Now we do have many of our schools that were still alive in both our girls and boys tournaments that have gotten t-shirts and awarded themselves state co-champions, which actually I think is, <laughs> is uh, pretty unique. And, and act, that's actually, I think, a, a great thing to do in these times where it, it gave your kids something to kind of rally around. But in 2020, no basketball champions, and that had not happened since the mid-1940s, of course, because of World War II. So as you talked about living in historic times, our, our longest running sports, this has been a once-in-a-generation event, which none of us during our lives, I mean, even during Vietnam and times of social unrest in the 60s, sports continued to go on and award those championships. So, uh, you know, 2020, and I'm hopefully, Michael, that only 2020 will have those gaps that it doesn't go on into 2021 or beyond. So do our part, keep yourself safe, and hopefully uh, we'll get back on track here. Absolutely. So last question. I know that you've been with MHSA since 2004 extensive background in teaching, coaching, officiating, proud dad, right? I mean, you, you have the student athletes. No one had a plan for, for this COVID-19 for this. If I asked you this a year ago, you'd be looking at me like, this guy's got to be crazy, like looking around, like, what is he talking about? I mean, it was unheard of, right? You get thrown right into the middle of this. And, you know, again, as a parent, I feel, and you mentioned this, right? We can handle it as adults sometimes a little bit differently. But when you throw, hey, I'm a protective dad, you start messing with the kids and you're going to get thrown in and now you're, you're looking at this in the position to be able to deal with these things. What strategies, I guess, really, would you say were you able to implement and to be able to see an outcome that you wanted through this whole situation? If you would have asked me, I was standing at Ford Field because our wrestling championships were finishing up that first Saturday in March. Mm-hmm. And if you would have told me, and this was five days earlier, if you would have told me, hey, Mark, on Thursday of this week, everything is going to be shut down. Shut down. I would have said that you're crazy. Right. Um, yeah, you were hearing about COVID, but it, it really hadn't become an issue. And, and so things just changed that quickly in just five days. I, I think what this has taught me is that we've had to slow down. All of us would love to make decisions and be able to plan weeks and months. Heck, we have a seven-year calendar. I can tell you when our basketball championships are scheduled seven years from now. God willing, that's where I'll be. You know, back uh, in March, I couldn't tell you what the world was going to look like uh, seven minutes from now, much less seven days or or beyond that. So the the lessons here is you just got to slow down. And I know that in this instantaneous world of of we we need information, we need a tweet, we need a post, our folks have realized that we're going to take it slow. We're going to plan on a week-by-week basis, and while it may be frustrating in the short term, um, we really think that it's going to lead us to some good solutions in the long term. So we're not making decisions about November yet, and I know that some people just who are organized type A people can struggle with that, not knowing what the plan is. Uh, I do think we're going to have a lot more options available as we continue to slow play this rather than kind of boxing ourselves in and and canceling things, um, which... Who knows? And and the thing that I pray about still every day is as badly as this virus turned negatively for all of us, I'm hoping at some point we'll get those same circumstances, but in a positive direction, and we can really get back to to business as usual. Absolutely. And I appreciate that, Mark. It's been a pleasure. Uh, Great work you and your staff are doing. I I can sense the positivity that, you know, that you have and that that just spewing over into the student athletes. And when they listen and they hear this, that they know that if there's an opportunity for them to get back on the field, to get on the court, that you and your staff are going to do everything in your power, not only to do it, but to do it in a safe and healthy fashion. So I thank you for that. I know in these times we were joking off air that it's not easy times, right? In the financial world, it's not easy times either. 
seven years ago, nobody would have known this and you've done a phenomenal job. So keep up the great work. Thank you for all that you're doing for our schools, for our student athletes and the student body. And folks out there listening, make sure that you come back next week because kind of tying a little bit more athletics, we're going to be talking to James Gray, who's a former MMA fighter. He's the owner and the founder of the Michigan Institute of Athletics and the Scorpion Fighting System. And, and Mark, you may have heard of this guy. He, uh, he opened his gym up in the middle of the pandemic right here in Brighton and made national news. So we got him on air next week. Uh, make sure you tune in, folks, because you're not going to want to miss it. We're going to get in deep and really understand why and what happened with that. So with that being said, Mark, I appreciate it. Be well. Enjoy the weekend. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Here We Grow Show. To learn more about how we can help you and to get access to the resources mentioned on today's show, visit herewegrowshow.com. Also, don't forget to leave us a review on iTunes. Your reviews are the ways we reach more and more people each and every week. If you found today's episode helpful, you can bet there are others out there that would benefit from listening. Thanks again for taking the time to listen. Be sure to subscribe to easily access future and past episodes. Make sure to tune in next week for another great episode of the Here We Grow Show. Investment advisory services offered through Grossland Capital Management LLC, BCM, a registered investment advisor, BCM and Focus Financial are independent of each other. Insurance products and services are not offered through BCM but are offered and sold through individually licensed and appointed agents.